Hello, and welcome to Runkle of the Bailey. My name is Ian Runkle. I'm a Canadian criminal defense and firearms lawyer, and this is a legal education and information channel. If you find this useful or interesting, please like, share, and subscribe. Today, I want to talk about a case that's been making the rounds, Montreal cops suspended for three days after good deed goes bad. That's a hell of a headline. So let's look at what's happening here. This starts with a Mr. Grattan, his daughter loses her wallet and this wallet gets turned into the police. The police then do some investigation and they get a couple of addresses for where this, the owner of this wallet might be. So they stop at the first address on the first day at 3.22 a.m. and they knock on the door and they don't get an answer. So let's think about that. 3.22 a.m. somebody knocks on your door. The reason why the officers are doing it is that they're apparently working the night shift. But if I get a knock on the door at 3.22 a.m., hopefully I'm asleep. I'm a lawyer. Sometimes I keep weird hours. But 3.22 a.m., I, I hope to be asleep. If I'm not asleep and I do hear a knock at the door, I'm probably not thinking, oh, hey, I'm going to go answer that. I'm probably a little concerned about why is somebody knocking at this weird hour. I might, in fact, just call the police to say, hey, I don't know what's going on here. This might be somebody in need of help, but it could also be somebody looking to do something, you know, do harm to me in some fashion. There's not a whole lot of good that happens at 3.22 a.m. at your front door, but they don't get an answer. They look up and they get the second address so the next day. And again, they're still working the late shift. So they show up at 1.46 a.m. and they knock on the door. And as it turns out, everyone's home, but they're at home asleep. So they don't actually respond to the uh, the knock at the door. And again, I might be up at 1.46 a.m., but I'm really not thinking I'm going to be answering any doors at that hour. Maybe you're, maybe you're different. Maybe I'm unreasonable about this, but I'm not really inclined to answer the door at that hour. So the police go and they look at, into a car that's parked at that address. So they peer through the window and they see another wallet. I don't know what's going on with this family. Why is everyone losing their wallets? That's weird to me, but they do. And this one's sitting on the passenger seat, so it looks like it probably fell out of the pocket of whoever, of whoever was sitting there. So the police open the car and they grab this other wallet and they check through and there's documents that confirm it belongs to the same address. So now they've got two wallets belonging to whoever lives at this house. So now they go and they circle around to the back door and they try the back door and they find it's unlocked. So they go in, they enter the back door of the house and they go up the stairs. And according to their evidence, they're calling out that they're police in French because this is Montreal, but they're calling out that they're police and they get to the top of the stairs and they meet the homeowner and the homeowner, Mr. Grattan asks what they're doing there. They turn over the wallet. They go down to have a conversation about what, what's going on here. I can imagine what kind of conversation they're having. I don't imagine it's all that polite. But this is when the officer or the, uh, the homeowner notices the second officer has also entered his house. And the officers sort of advise him to lock his doors and they leave. And as it turns out, this individual is... Mr. Grattan is a defense lawyer. He's a criminal defense lawyer and makes a police complaint. So that's how this gets before the police disciplinary board. Now, where this goes way wrong is where they decide to first enter the car 
because they shouldn't be doing that. They shouldn't be opening somebody's car and taking things. Even if they think, okay, this guy's wallet's there and might be uh, might be stolen, but they should definitely not enter the house. And the police officer's justification for this is they say that uh, the officer says he entered in order to verify if a theft had been carried out or to see if someone inside needed help. I don't see how that's possibly something you can get to here. How do you assume that there's a theft being carried out? All you've done is you've found a wallet or somebody's found a wallet at some point beforehand and there's a wallet in a car. That's not where a thief would leave it. That's where it ends up if it falls out of you know, your back pocket. A thief who's stolen your wallet is either going to take it with them or they're going to take it somewhere, take all the valuables out of it, all of the things they want and throw it into a trash bin or throw it into a, you know, somewhere. They're not going to just tuck it nicely into your car. So I don't see how you get to a theft has been carried out here. Uh, somebody's house being unlocked similarly doesn't tell me that they've had a theft that's been carried out there. Or to see if someone inside needed help. How do we get to someone inside needing help here? I, I don't see it. You know, if they'd had a 911 call or they heard somebody screaming inside, absolutely. That's, you know, maybe it's time to go in and see if somebody needs help but not simply because the door is unlocked. So, and the officer apparently admitted later that they didn't have justification to go in the house. So this justification that they're, or the reasons for doing so are really thin. They don't hold up. And the further problem is that they get into this confrontation. They, the two individuals, the officer and the homeowner run into each other. This went about as well as it could have gone. Because if you think about what happens if you find an intruder, even an intruder yelling police in your home at three, you know, at 2 a.m., there's a real potential for a violent confrontation. A gun owner might reach for a gun. Somebody else might reach for a bat or a knife or something to defend themselves against a perceived attack. Especially if, you know, if you're not expecting police to be in your house, you might not trust the word of the police of the person who's coming up the stairs yelling police. And so there's a real potential for a violent interaction here. Either somebody might see a shape in the dark and see that they're armed and, you know, decide that they don't want to be shot or they don't want to be taking the second shot. Or it could very well be that somebody, you know, attends to this with a weapon of some kind and the officer responds to that. There's all sorts of potential for this to have gone badly. Similarly, somebody who goes in, you know, who responds in some way to defend their home would almost certainly end up being charged. It's, you know, whether or not they thought this was a police officer or the like, that's going to get sorted out in a trial down the road. But the police are almost certain to arrest in those circumstances if somebody's sort of physically attacked them and let the court sort it out later. So there was all sorts of potential here for this to go really badly. This could have turned into a very ugly situation. And I'm sure everyone involved is thankful that it didn't. The other thing I want to comment on is, although Mr. Grattan, as it turns out, is a criminal defense lawyer, it doesn't appear that was known to any of the officers here. So there's not a suggestion that this is a situation where they were trying to target this defense lawyer. Uh, sometimes criminal defense lawyers and police officers might not be on the best of terms. 
Uh, police officers don't like losing cases and sometimes blame the defense lawyers. Uh, Cross-examination is not fun. And so you can get some animosity there. And it can go both ways. I'm not saying it's just one way or the other. But there's no suggestion here that the officer was motivated, uh, or at least none that it appears that the committee found, that the officer was motivated by some sort of personal animosity. Nevertheless, if they're entering the house without justification, what we've got here is actually a break and enter. That's serious. The penalties for break and enter are way high, potentially. Now, I suspect that the reason why they're not prosecuting here is that the police officer's intentions, you know, and they appear to be good intentions in terms of trying to return the wallet, are going to be well documented in terms of their calls to dispatch, in terms of their notes about what they did the night before, in terms of their conversations between each other, because there's two officers there. If an ordinary person did this and entered the house, I can almost guarantee what would happen is they'd get arrested for the break and enter, and they'd get arrested for the theft of the wallet because nobody would believe with an ordinary person that they didn't find the wallet in the house and that they weren't in the process of stealing it because it might contain valuables. So an ordinary person in this situation would absolutely have been looking at some jail and you know would have been hiring a lawyer and trying to fight this. So the officer is in a bit of a better situation because of the fact that they've got all this documentation, but also simply because of the fact that they're a police officer. I think that there's going to be a reluctance here to charge a police officer for these circumstances. But they could have been charged. It appears that the criminal act was made out based on these circumstances. This It probably, again, isn't a situation where there's public interest in proceeding. This officer going to jail or even losing their career over this might not be enough. Then again, I might be wrong about this. So what I'd like to hear in the comments here is do you think the officer was in the wrong do you think the defense lawyer was in the wrong should he have just been and said hey i got my wallet back i feel pretty good about this or you know what do you think should have happened what might have you done if somebody entered your house at two in the in the morning i think this case is pretty problematic uh tell me also if you think that three days suspension is too much not enough where do you where do you land on this because I'm coming at this from the perspective of a criminal defense lawyer, but that's a very different perspective. I'd love to hear just from you guys what you think about this one. Thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe if you've enjoyed this content. I've also got a link to my Patreon below if you want to support future videos. Thank you.